Welcome to St. Louis Family Church. My name is Pastor Jeff Perry, and I'm honored to get to bring the word of the Lord to you today. Uh, I have two verses I want you to start out with, my text. I'm on the, on the subject of righteousness. On Sunday mornings, for several weeks now, I've been teaching foundational doctrine. The Bible says in the end times, people will not endure sound doctrine. They'll want to have their ears tickled. They'll accumulate all kinds of different things. Uh, and get off on diversions. So then it's essential that we keep the big deal the big deal, and we maintain the fundamentals of the faith going forward. It's very important. It'll stabilize us. Uh, it'll give us uh, supernatural strength because it'll be biblically based. And how many of you want to get biblical results? Then we have to have biblical intake. And, and so we're going to do that. And, uh, and I'm teaching on Spiritual authority. I'm teaching on the, the effect of righteousness, and I've got a lot to pack into a very compressed period of time. We've already had an outstanding service, and I'm going to bring a good word to you so that faith will come by hearing the word. And so I want to pray right now, Colossians, the fourth chapter. So let's go turn to it because we're going to pray this together. This is if you ever want to pray for a minister or a pastor, preacher, this is a great thing to pray. It says in chapter. 4, verse 2, to devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Not anxiety, not murmuring, not complaining, but an attitude of thanksgiving about everything. Thankful. We start, we sprinkle in the middle and end with thanksgiving. We enter in with thanksgiving. We're thankful. I know November uh, is Thanksgiving month, but every day should be thanksgiving for the believer. We have an attitude of gratitude and always underscore our blessings. In fact, as Pastor Patsy was speaking about healing, some of us have lost loved ones in the battle of faith, and we must never allow those losses to calibrate our theology. You still have more life for you to live, and you, it's best that we all take hold of the word of faith and healing and fight with it and contend for it so we can live out our days. I was just told that a lady who's going to be 91 next week was praying for us. She prays for us every night before she goes to bed, before she hits her head on the pillow. She prays for my family. She prays for my son, Taylor. And she's a member of a church uh, from another church. She's a Pentecostal lady, but yet she prays for us. How about that? I'm grateful for those prayers. Devote yourself to prayer. Praying at the same time, Paul said, for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Stretch your hands toward me. Don't you want your speaker to make it clear in the way you ought to speak? <laughs> and if you've know me, if you known me any length of time, this is a good prayer to pray. Lord, I thank you for helping me to be on point, to be clear. I pray this is razor sharp, Jesus-centered, uh, strengthening for hearts, and uh, demons hate it. Jesus loves it. Amen. All right, that's good. Turn with me to two verses in Isaiah, chapter 54, 14, and chapter 32. Uh, this is my text. I'm going to talk to you about righteousness for a moment. Uh, the, the verse in Isaiah is 32, 17. I text pastors, and I, we are helping actually a church, pioneered church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I've been in touch with that pastor. He uh, and I were interchanging texts yesterday. 
He's teaching on righteousness and, and righteousness consciousness. I said, so am I. So I started throwing out verses. I'm going to use that one. I already have that one. Yeah, I like that. And then we were doing smiley faces and exclamation points over our verses. And these two came up. This one in particular, Isaiah 54, and we're reading verse 14 in the New American Standard. It says, in righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear. And from terror, for it will not come near you. And in 2012, a lady named Joanna prayed for us on March 22nd, and she gave us this verse. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. And boy, I have held to this verse 13 for all my kids. I have, I have Chelsea, Taylor, Megan, Addison, Steve, Kingston, and Maddie here. All your sons, and for that matter our daughters, will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. I pray what is transpiring here, what's being proclaimed here, spreads throughout the bloodlines of our families out to the, the very edge, the very farthest periphery. I've got half-brothers in California. I'm believing God will be saved if they're not already. I'm believing God for people. There are people, you know, people come to this church, they go, what? You have a stepsister in Oklahoma? Yeah, I've got quite a story. If you stick around over decades, I'll eventually share details as we go. Let's go over to chapter 32 now, and I want you to read a, a, a complimentary verse to this. Because Isaiah was prophesying to ancient Israel about their, their point, their level of righteousness based on the law during their time frame. And we have a better covenant, so I'm going to talk to you about righteousness not by works, but by grace. And look what it says here in Isaiah 32, and we're reading verse 17. And the work of righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forever. How many of you like ideas like peace, confidence, quietness? Huh? He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me by quiet waters. He's my shepherd, I shall not want. I love what Isaiah said earlier on when he prophesied about a description of Jesus in his messianic role. He would be called the Prince of Peace. I like what uh, Paul prayed in Philippians chapter 4 that the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I see some young moms and dads on the front row here with little children. And there's so much antagonism about raising children in this particular climate. And yet, biblically, they have peace because in righteousness they're established. They understand that the, that the work of righteousness is going to work peace. I'm right Because I've been made right with God, I have peace with God. And in fact, it says in Romans chapter 5, since we have a peace with God, since we've been justified by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Here's what it says in the New American Standard. I just read it, the Philip J.B. Phillips. Therefore, having been justified by faith, justified is a word, just as if I'd never sinned. Jesus came on legal terms and said, look, I'll make a trade with you. Sinful, fallen humanity, not only the Jewish people, but even the Gentiles, all humanity, every nation, all ethnicities, all continents, all people groups, all ages, male and female. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. He said, I'll make a deal with you. He who knew no sin was made to be sin on your behalf, get this, so that we might be made the righteousness of God 
in Christ. We need to understand the ABCs of our righteousness. If you look at the Old Testament, it was based on fulfilling the law. And the Bible said if you failed in one law, you failed in all of them and you were sunk. And in the book of Romans, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need to understand this as Christians. We can't earn nor do we deserve ever the grace of God. It's a gift, but it must be received. And it must be fought for. It must be guarded. You need to guard that strength that God gives you. I'm preaching this. That pastor in Philadelphia is preaching this. Because right now, in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of social uh, upheaval, in the midst of all these attitudes, all these divisive issues, uh, uh, this is a perfect time for us to focus on what matters most, get, make the big deal the big deal, keep our eyes on Jesus, and just the idea, just the understanding that he who never sinned became a sin substitute for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Getting back to Romans 5.1. Since we've been justified by faith, let, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Take a big deep breath and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Peace. Peace be still. Settledness. Confidence. In fact, it says it here. The service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence forever. My margin in my New American Standard Study Bible says security. There's so much insecurity. People are wondering about eternal security. People need to understand that he's the rock of our salvation. My son-in-law, Steve, has bought a new home for, for uh, Addison. It's actually from the 1978. So it has the kind of cozy uh, floor plan of the 70s. And so he's going to uh, take out some and open up some walls uh, uh, downstairs and upstairs. So he's been doing that with his friends. And uh, they, just, they just opened up a wall did research with a, um, a, a, an engineer, you want to do that, because of load-bearing walls. You don't want to go, golly, let's take that out and get more light in this room. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure you understand what you're doing. And I, and I feel like in the church, we need to understand Jesus is our cornerstone. We are underneath our, what's holding us up is substantial. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. L giving your life to these things gets you on solid footing, more solid than the flighty, fleeting kind of uh, imaginations of the philosophies of man. Every wind of doctrine and all their little puffy little distractions. Listen, Jesus is the anchor for our lives. His word is, is a solid footing. I taught weeks ago about how God's word is final authority. It's, it's God-breathed and it's inspired by God and it's profitable. So Steve did research and he brought his brother-in-law, Jed Dickinson, who has proficiency with us in skill for work. They bought uh, uh, some, some wood and they, they, took, they gently took out the wall. They fortified it with a, with a beam. And I remember when we got through the flood of 93 and we came back in this building and we, we inherited the whole uh, space because the tenants that were in the other part of the building moved out. It enabled us to expand. We were able to use that other building for children's church because their tenants moved out. It enabled us to, to have a, a expansion. But we needed uh, to do something of engineering with this space here because there was a beam right where I'm standing. So this would... Been, it would have been hard to preach, and I would have had bruises from head to toe the way I preach, trying to dance around this pole right here. So what we had to do 
was hire engineers who came in and said, this is possible to do this, but it's going to take an I-beam that, and you can see it's kind of obscured, but that there's a beautiful steel I-beam that weighs tons. And they delivered that into the building, and then they hoisted it up. But what I learned was these posts had to be taken out, and they had to be double fortified. They had to be twice as thick to hold a greater weight. So, in fact, they cosmetically are the same external dimensions as all the other posts, but because these two have a double load and they're taking up for and compensating for the one that's now not here, uh, there needed to be an extra strengthening. There needed to be a fortification so that there can be an enablement for this openness and for this new uh, approach. And this is what the Holy Spirit is doing right now in our church. He is double fortifying your internal walls. And I, you know, you heard me say that uh, Jade Payton is my spiritual, that's what my inner man looks like. Because I, you know, I pick out a big, burly, strong man. I say, that's, that's what I aspire to be in my inner man, you know. And even my outer man. I'm in denial about some things, so I do push-ups and think, you know, um, you know I, but that guy's powerful, all right? <laughs> and um, these posts are just humble, doing their job in our church. You don't hear them brag. In fact, even this one is embarrassed that I'm even talking about it right now. And that one over there kind of wants some attention, so that one's not as mature as that one, but so uh, that one does like it when I brag on them, so we're working on that. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit, has done something for humanity that was lost, that fell. And I remind you, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and said, let there be light, and it was all beautiful. And it wasn't just happenstance, and it wasn't just from billions of years of, uh, of cells kind of somehow accidentally creating life. In the beginning, God created. We have an assurance from the word of God. If it were not so, he would have told us. It's the way it is, so we are solid. We don't just have a Christian worldview or a Judeo-Christian theme going on. We believe there is a God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And he's the author and the finisher or perfecter of our faith. And he's given us the solid footing and the assurance of his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. So we're to be word people and get in the scriptures and love the Bible. Get in there and get a Bible, New International Version, New Living Translation, King James Version, New King James Version. Uh, there's a New American Standard 2020. There's a New American Standard 1995. If you don't like that, there's a New American Standard 1977 that has these and thous in it. There's a Living Bible. There's a New Living Translation. It goes on and on and on. And I'm telling you, read your Bibles. Study it and get a hold of it for all you can uh, because God watches over his word to perform it. And strong is he who carries out his word. And so the word, in the beginning was the word. We're word people. We're faith people, hope people, love people. And we're living the dream. And just like these posts, just like the change that is going on in Stephen Addison's home, taking it from already a beautiful floor plan to making it an even more beautiful floor plan, to making it where the light comes through that was that blocked before because of the wall that obscured it. Now, all of a sudden, the light is shining through all the sides on, onto all the surfaces. 
God is, is, is creating breathing room. God is, is, is providing opportunities. God is opening a door no man can shut. And these verses stabilize us and give us peace. We know that, that, that when you read these married together, the work of righteousness will be peace. Peace in the midst of a storm. Peace after we've watched the news cycle. Peace, righteousness, quietness, confidence. The service of righteousness produces quietness, confidence, and settledness. Then my people will live in a peaceful habitation and in secure dwellings and in undisturbed resting places. I've seen this before. I've watched the Lord take times and seasons and address them as only he can. He's our father. Jesus is the head of the church and our good shepherd. And the Holy Spirit always and only leads us and guides us into all the truth. Amen. And it's so wonderful to understand, though, this righteousness consciousness. The pastor in Philadelphia is teaching on righteousness consciousness. That's the opposite of sin consciousness. The devil wants us to always be aware of our failings. He wants to always come to condemn. Oh, you say you're a Christian. Look what you did. Look what you thought. Look what you said. And Jesus comes in and goes, my shed blood has atoned for you. And as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions. 1 John 1, 9 it. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You are hardwired now to righteousness rather than to patterns of sin, sinfulness. In 1 John, it says when we're redeemed, we sin no more. That doesn't mean we're just in perfection. And if I, it doesn't mean we'd never sin again. It just means we're no longer habitually addicted to sin patterns. When I was lost, I was tethered to a sin pattern. I was a slave to sin. When I was lost, I had no hope and I was without God in the world. I had nothing to anchor me. I was dominated by my flesh and I was lost subjected to whatever the whims of, of the temptation and the flesh. But when Jesus came into my life, there was a shift. My wagon got unhitched from sin and hitched to righteousness. And now I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm ruined to sin. Sin is pleasurable. It's, there's temptation. We yield, we fail and fall as Christians. But it's not a pattern anymore. It's not a habit anymore. Well, life is habit forming. Now, we, now it's repugnant to us. Now we feel grieved. Sin, we're ruined to sin now. We take the bait and we feel so bad. It's like, I repent, Lord. And why? Because the effect of righteousness is operative in your and my and our spirit. Young people, you can get a hold of this and it'll help you. In righteousness, you'll be established. You'll be far from oppression and you will not fear. Theologians would say, well, Pastor Jeff, that's written by, that's spoken by Isaiah in ancient Israel thousands of years ago in this particular Old Testament context. How can, you, how can you quote that in the church today? I'm glad you asked. That Old Testament truth is bumped up over and over again in the New Testament context. He said, you'll be far from fear and terror. Well, 2 Timothy 1.7, the famous verse Paul told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, Right? A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. When we see another strain of COVID, we see another attitude, action situation of polarity between a society that should the, uh, walk in love and should uh, uh, walk in its original foundational purposes. So we can't, there's not a whole lot we can do about the spirit of the age uh, in terms of itself, but there's something we can do about overcoming. There's something we can do about 
not letting the culture of the kingdom dip and sway with the trends of the world. We got to be a little bit different. He says, I've called you out of darkness to show forth this marvelous light. You who were once not a people are now the people of God. And think about what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin was made to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In righteousness you'll be established, far from oppression, and the work of righteousness will be peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It's, it passes understanding. How could we have peace when the flood of 93 hit our church? Because we knew that, that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We look at situations and we see our kids drift, and we, yet we know from this verse right here that great is the peace of our children, for they are taught of the Lord, and the welfare of our sons will be great. How do we stand when we fail and we feel like we disappointed God? He said, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God gives himself intentional amnesia concerning your sin and my sin. God, who knows everything, says, what sin? Because it's covered by the blood of Jesus, and his blood is opaque enough to cover your sins and mine and all of ours for eternity. Can I hear a hallelujah? Thank God for the substance of the blood of Jesus. We overcome the devil, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb. That's where our righteousness comes in. Somebody who is pure and sinless stepped in and said, I'll take your sin. I saw three kids with backpacks. My wife and I were driving on the corner of Clarkson and Clayton, and we saw students going home with backpacks, big giant backpacks. And I thought about how Jesus said, I'll take your backpack full of sin, death, darkness, sickness, evil, harshness, lostness, and I'll take my righteousness, and I'll trade you. I'll give you this Somebody just told me their Boy Scout leader died at 83 years old yesterday, and his heart was sad. He said he was very spiritual. He was a godly man, and he was sad that he lost such a good, you know, mentor-type person in his young life. And I remember when I was in Boy Scouts, I instantly entered into leadership somehow. I don't know how they, they – I got in leadership. I never made it to Eagle Scout, but they made me a leader. And, uh, and, and here's, the, here's what leaders end up having to do. I had a backpack, and I read the Boy Scout manual, and it said, get, you know, fork, knife, and spoon, get these utensils, get this, this ground cover, get the sleeping bag, get this extra pair of pants, get this shirt, get the extra underwear, get these extra socks, get not only boots, but get tennis shoes. And, and I ended up with a 53-pound backpack, and I weighed like 47 pounds. <laughs> and I, pull, I carried that pack, and I, and, I, and, and, and I just thought, the next camping I do, I'm going to change this up. So what I did is I thought, hmm, I'm going to get my backpack, and I'm going to put a sleeping bag in it and some Oreo cookies. That's all you need. That's all you need. So I was like, and I just pulled out my, my sleeping bag, and, and I just was a scrap man. Anybody that had all the surplus food and extra, I was just, yeah, you're done with it? Yeah. So I just made a meal, and I had my Oreo cookies, and I bartered with my Oreo cookies. They were like amazing currency. You know, it was way before Bitcoin. This was a prototype. This, the Oreo was, you know, it, it, was, it was way better than the gold standard. Nobody didn't care, they didn't, they didn't care about gold then. Then I remember Blue Jays, early one crisp morning, little dew on the ground, and a Blue Jay found my package of Oreo cookies 
I hate blue jays to this day. You know, I don't want to single out a species of bird. I hate Canada geese. You know I hate them. They are the pit bulls of the avi aviation world. And I hate them because they've attacked me. They attacked my Jeep, and I, it, it traumatized me. And they scared me. They attacked me while I was fishing, okay? And uh, they go, ah, they get demon-possessed. Demon possession on these, these geese. And that blue jay had a demon of, of, of uh, uh, Oreo theft, right? Stupid thing took the whole package and flew off. It looked like a pterodactyl. <laughs> Evil blue jays. How many of you like blue jays? Some of you, oh, no, Pastor Jeff, don't take it. Well, not anymore. You want to come to this church, you got to line up with me on this. That's false doctrine if you like those birds. Yeah, but my, but my, my scout master, the, the, the adult leader, he went, uh, Perry, come over here. He goes, because we were at a break, and this little kid was crying. <laughs> Why are you crying? My backpack's so heavy. And he, and he said, Perry, because I was in leadership, come over here. Let me feel your backpack. He goes, I want you to trade. That was my introduction into leadership. So I looked over at that kid. He was like, because remember what was in there? What was in that pack? A sleeping bag of what else? Where'd the Oreos go? They flew up to the, they're in some nest somewhere with some demonic blue jay, right? So even the seven or eight ounces of cookies that they were taking out, it was just a simple little, and he was like, oh yeah, he was so happy. And I was, I was, car I was carrying the backpack and it was like, welcome to leadership. But then I thought about Jesus ever since then with the backpack. That's why I share the backpack um, uh, illustration. Because I remember the difference between the weighted down pack that I had had. And then I got, I got a simpler situation. And, and then, and then, but yet, we bear one another's burdens. So there's a lot to this. But Jesus especially and particularly, he came from heaven to earth to take upon himself the sins of humanity. This is why I'm a Christian. This is why I go to church. This is why I love this place. This is why I love these themes. Because he wiped away our sin condition and imparted his righteousness. This is good for the continent of India. This is good for the whole continent of Africa. This is good for the 339 million people in North America. This is good for the 1.4 million in China. This is good for a, an acceleration of this truth going forth in this hour where we believe, and it's got to, so Pastor Jeff, why are you preaching this to us? We get it. Yes, but the devil's working overtime to trivialize, minimize, reduce, distract, and we've got to get back on what really matters most. When Coach Vince Lombardi started the, those famous seasons back in the 60s with those amazing players, he started out with, gentlemen, this is a football when Jesus comes in on the scene in a church, he reminds us it's about loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. And then the famous points out of Mark chapter 11, have faith in God. If I had more time, I would speak about Zechariah in chapter 4. It's not by might, not by power, but by his Holy Spirit. It's not by human effort. It's not by our charm and our sophistication. It's going to be by the power of God, the mandate that's on your life as an individual, your household, our church body, this moment we're in. It's not going to be by might or by power, but by the Holy Spirit. And how, what would he do? We speak to our mountains. 
He told Zechariah, what are you, O great mountain? Before, you, uh, before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain with shouts of grace, grace, will I remove the capstone. Uh, God's anointing is on us. And then it goes in, if, we ha- if I had more time and I, and I was run- and didn't run out of time and my, my consolation music wasn't playing me off the stage right now, I would also remind you, Zerubbabel, the hand that laid the foundation will complete it. Faithful is he who calls you and he'll also bring it to pass. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. For Carlene Kosky, for the Abneys, for, for, for the Leon and, and, and Juanita, and, and on and on, all of us, young kids in here. We're in a moment right now that is absolutely wonderful. It's, a, it's sophistication free. It's just basic and essential. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And then what? He said, don't despise the day of small things. Who has despised the day of small things? Our culture despises small things and is obsessed with grandeur. But, in, in, but yet, an oak tree starts with an acorn. Uh, a, a mountain can be moved by a simple, essential utterance of faith. In the name of Jesus, be removed and be cast into the sea. And I don't doubt in my heart, I believe those things which I say sh- shall come to pass. I have whatever I say. And when you pray, believe that you receive. Say, pray, believe, and receive. In order not to have a cluttered prayer life or, or an ineffectual uh, confession life, we have, when we stand praying, we have to forgive. If we have anything against anyone, including we forgive ourselves, we forgive the, uh, anybody that has done a, uh, hindered us or hurt us. We refuse to have a chip on our shoulder, right? See, the force of righteousness insists upon that. That's why, man, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, and it also affects my my manner, attitude, and conduct. We're to walk in righteousness, right? But we don't get the cart ahead of the horse. We realize the cleansing, healing, forgiving, mercy is purely a gift that cannot be earned, it's not deserved. So once we have the basis of that, Jesus took our toxic backpack that weighed 8,000 pounds, he put on his uh, righteousness, gift of mercy, purity, holiness. Uh, By his doing are we in Christ Jesus, who has become unto us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet. I've run out of time. I've got so much more to share. I'm going to preach again in the next service. I want you to look at somebody and say, you're sitting next to a winner. Power is perfected in weakness. Let the weak say, I am strong. By his stripes, we are healed. We are more than conquerors. And every mountain has to be removed. Every active believer has to fight the fight of faith and cast out imaginations. Say this with me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in Him. I can now approach God's presence without guilt or condemnation. I'm a partaker of His divine nature. I'm a new species of being which never before existed. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been downloaded into me. I'm walking in righteousness, peace and joy, strength, hope and glory. God answers my prayers. God watches over his word. 
There are magnificent doors opening for great effect and service. And I go out with joy. I'm led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills break out before me. And the trees of the fields clap their hands.